Hi folks and welcome to yet another episode of the Kenyan Wall Street podcast. As you as you know, for the past few episodes, we've been doing a series on Islamic finance with Ali Mohammed, who is also with us today. How are you doing? Fine, thank you, uh, Prince. Everything is good on my end, yeah. Everything is good on your end. You know, now we've been staying at home for quite a while. So it's always good to ask how someone is doing. I hope everything is good on your end since we had the previous episode. True. I mean, uh, things are good in Qatar, uh, where I'm based at the moment. Mm -hmm. And um, I mean, uh, the government is doing a great job tackling this COVID-19. So, uh, of course, uh, the most important number is the number of deaths. And uh, as as you can see, uh, the total amount of death is 12 which is good, I mean, for a small country like Qatar. What is the population of Qatar? That's interesting. We have uh, 12 mortalities there. Yeah. Okay. Uh, population of Qatar at the, at the moment, uh, we speak, uh, we're speaking of 2.7, whereby the local, uh, the local Qataris, are the indigenous uh, Arabs are around uh, 400,000. Okay. And the rest, 2.3, are expat, uh, expatriates, yeah. Wow, okay, interesting. So I definitely hope I get to visit Qatar, not just through the airport, but perhaps one day I can take a walk and uh, I can check out what's what's uh, what's what's going on. And it would definitely be due to uh, to do. It would be definitely good to do a, a a podcast in person, perhaps in our next in one of our future episodes. We can record a a face to face podcast, maybe perhaps even a video. What do you think? Absolutely, it looks. Uh, it sounds like a great idea. Yeah. Okay, okay, well, uh, I think we better not keep the folks waiting. So we've been we've been setting up a nice base of Islamic finance through the good insights that you've been providing the members of our audience. And we're getting a lot of engagements, people saying, hey, guys, you are educating us a lot on important matters in Islamic finance. And today, folks, we are just going to pick up that debate from where we left it. And um, as you remember, Mr. Ali, last time you had started to tell me something about whether it's right to buy shares in Islamic finance, you know, because some people think it's gambling. Uh, but then you explained fundamentally that it's okay to buy shares as long as some of the required uh, conditions according to Islamic finance laws are adhered to, sorry. And perhaps maybe we can begin the discussion by you picking that up and then uh, uh, talking about this. And generally, as we move on to the question, which would be, you know, what, what then are the factors that make and invest in investment islamic acceptable so right over to you mr ali thank you uh, prince i mean uh, the most important points that we need to to address here is the you have to look at uh, let's say number one the importance of investment in islam mm-hmm. now the the islamic religion has always encouraged investments and also the increase of wealth so of course now, it is also noteworthy that the encouragement of investment is made for investors mm-hmm. who have money, but also for those who do not. Yeah, and that's, that's an important uh, moral point, actually. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I totally uh, am with you there. Mm-hmm. Now, the Sharia gives, the, of course, uh, the latter an opportunity to invest in other funds. Now, through several Sharia-compliant uh, modalities or products. Mm-hmm. Now we can talk on a later podcast. I'll highlight what the Mudaraba is. Mudaraba is a partnership model. Yes, Mudaraba okay. is a partnership model. Mm-hmm. And also, um, I mean, it's where you have a capital provider and a managed 
and an entrepreneur. So, and then you have a musharaka, mm -hmm. which is a partnership model where you have a um, whether part partnership in equity or part partnership in, uh, let's say, um, one brings equity and the other mm -hmm. brings um, an idea. So, so a musharaka is is a, some sort of partnership yes. between the the entrepreneur. Uh, it's a partnership uh, between uh, the partners. Wow, that's an between amazing. The partners, the, sh the shareholders. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Okay, interesting. And then you have the and then you have the ijara, which is the leasing. So these are the most common tools that are applied. I mean, to serve uh, asset and fund management purposes with a direct link to tangible assets. So these products are all have the underlying asset is a, a tangible. Fee, uh, you can sometimes a feasible. I mean, uh, physical. Mm -hmm. So and also, I mean, we also need to understand the objectives of the. Um, uh, Sharia compliant investors. Allow, allow me Sharia to allow me just before you proceed to just let's uh, rewind a bit to that uh, point that you just made on a tangible investment. And you know, yeah. perhaps you know our audience has yes. heard the word tangible, and uh, does it mean anything that I can see, I can touch? So other intangible assets, for example, goodwill. What what uh, are they valued in Islamic finance? So just get on that tangible aspect, please. Now, uh, as you know, um, mm -hmm. every every transaction in, in Islamic finance has to be backed by uh, a product or a service. A service. So, how would we say? Would we say a service, service. is a tangible asset? Perhaps I'm just asking for someone who is wondering out there in the audience. Like, if I am a company, I'm an IT company, and most of my business, perhaps I I conduct on uh, social media. I sell perhaps data or analytics or research, something like that. But I have no physical assets. I just maybe tweet from my right. computer and maybe I decide to enlist in the stock market and uh, would people be allowed to invest in my in my stocks? Of course, now, now two things. Uh, you remember last time where I gave you uh, an example where Kamau goes to the bank for to buy uh, to buy a car. Mm -hmm. He went to an Islamic bank and then a conventional the bank. bank and a conventional bank. Yes, so I remember. If you look at the conventional bank. Now, when he went to the conventional bank, it was money. Mm -hmm. He went there to request money to buy the car. He got money. Mm -hmm. So, and then he's paying back uh, installments. Now, yes. technically, it's actually you got you got money paying back money. Mm -hmm. now, exactly. He went back. To, he went to the Islamic bank and he was request. Now, the bank asked him, "You want to buy a car? So, mm -hmm. why don't you give us the performa invoice? Now, give us a, the." the performer invoice including the chassis number mm -hmm. and also give us a letter confirming that the car is at toyota uh, company mm -hmm. so now here the bank will validate validate that the asset is actually there mm -hmm. so the asset is tangible so what happens here there's also another set of services that the bank provides mm -hmm. which is the admin charges the administration of the of, of the financing facility mm -hmm. so Kamau went to the bank, he got the product, which mm -hmm. is, he got the car. Can, I, can I just, um, on, on that point of the car, uh, perhaps uh, allow me to, to also ask for the sake of someone who might wonder, okay, for, let's say in a conventional bank, yes, you go to request for a loan to buy a vehicle, and you say, you know what, I, uh, I run a business, maybe I sell Waru and I need to, Waru is potatoes for the members of our audience Correct. who might not understand. So... 
so, so I, I need a truck to buy potatoes for my business. I go to any other conventional bank. I say, I need a loan for the car. So they might not ask me for the, will, will they, okay, will they ask me for things like the chassis number or will they say, hey, we want, we know your business can make increased returns after this investment. And if you pay us uh, interest of X percent, which we assume you're going to obtain from the profits of your business, then we can proceed. What do you think of, of that scenario? I mean, um, you mentioned it, uh, that's a good scenario. Now, mm -hmm. let's go back to the car, uh, and then I'll come back to the potato. Very uh, well. Or the car or the potato. Mm -hmm. So, if the client goes to a conventional bank, mm -hmm. they request the funding. The bank will only look at your credit report or your credit uh, risk, uh, your credit uh, worthiness. Yeah, the report that you get from the CRB. Correct. Mm -hmm. So if that is okay and positive, the bank will lend you. Mm -hmm. Whether you went and bought the car, whether you went and bought the waru, whether you went on a holiday, mm -hmm. on a honeymoon, <laughs> or you went to Mombasa, or you nobody, just... actually the bank doesn't. Wow, interesting. Uh -huh. But in Islamic bank, mm -hmm. the purpose of you going to the bank was for you to get a loan, a financing facility for your car or for the warus. Okay. So are we together? I get you. So they will make sure they will make sure that they validated there's a physical car or there's a physical uh, potato arus. Mm -hmm. So they will actually send the, they will appoint you as an agent or they'll even have their own agent who will go a third party to go and validate that. So of course these oh, are services as well. Wow. Yeah. So, so even the bank will send an agent to your business. So I think for those members of our audience who are finding it difficult to understand, you know, what are some of the nitty gritty differences, then this conversation that you have given us, it really puts things into perspective. Okay. Now, the other thing is I wanted to say is that there's a Sharia compliant. I mean, there's an ethical compliant investor as well. Mm -hmm seeking additional objectives beyond the traditional ones. Eh? Mm -hmm. Since since investments in Islam is not confined to the respect to, I mean, to respect God rights in the investment funds. Mm -hmm. uh, sorry, let me let me just let, let me just uh, repeat this again so that yes. we are not uh, for I mean, we're, we're not confusing. Eh? Yeah, definitely. Just we need to make the discussion crystal clear for anyone. Just we are trying to unpack Islamic finance, ladies and gentlemen, and through this series, we are generating good insights. And uh, so one thing that we are making sure in every stage is that we back up the, the, the conversation with theory and uh, with practical and uh, means of practice that are actually in the industry. So perhaps just dig on that a little bit and then uh, people can understand. Okay. okay. Now, let me, uh, I just want to I just want to repeat myself in the sense of now as Islamic investors. Now, the objective of Islamic investors or uh, Sharia compliant or ethical investors is actually seeking additional objectives beyond the traditional ones. Eh? Mm -hmm. Now, since invest since investment in Islam, in the, the religion Islam is confined to respect God's rights mm -hmm. in the invested mm -hmm. funds mm -hmm. or invested transaction or anything and to serve the public and individual interest. Okay, so, so there's an element violate, of the common so good. You, exactly, you mm -hmm. can't violate these two rights. Mm -hmm. Okay, mm -hmm. now the common objectives for all investors we know globally, mm -hmm. I mean, it's capital preservation, mm -hmm. 
maximization of uh, return yields, mm -hmm. thereby increasing the owner's capital, mm -hmm. or ensuring a balance uh, between liquidity and profitability. Yes, that is now, uh, course, the profit the, maximization theorem in sometimes economics and finance. Exactly, but we also have an additional Sharia compliant objective. Mm. Usually, Sharia compliant objectives are not taken into account in the conventional uh, investing aspect of things. Mm -hmm. So convention, conventional investors consider the increase and the sustainability of profits as the ultimate criteria of the success mm, of the investment. Correct? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We can say uh, that the profit uh, maximization uh, is definitely, uh, if it makes money, then people say the statement is, if it makes money, it makes sense in that, in that kind of way, right? Okay. Now, if we look at if we look if we look at Islam in Islamic finance or in Islam investments activities, uh, I mean, are considered as a duty, especially when it acts as a means to meet the needs of the society. Okay. Are we together? Yes, we are very much together. Okay. So now, here to answer your question, I mean, what makes an investment Islamically mm. acceptable? Yes, sir. Now. Now, now that we know that the now that we now that we know that the rights now God's rights in the investment in 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 the invested funds or in the invested transaction, mm -hmm. and to serve public and individual interest mm -hmm. is a uh, heavy. It's actually one of the key pillars. So, so that, now, in order to be yeah, that sorry? that summarizes the most basic fundamental um elements that would make an investment islamic acceptable the, those two are the pillars you 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 say correct okay correct now you remember we, we talked about uh, whether buying shares is gambling you know or uh, uh, buying shares is a mimic of actually gambling yes now, what we need to what, what we need to tell the listeners mm -hmm. or your the audience is what they need to look at also what makes an invest investment Islamically acceptable. Now, in order to be accepted in Islam uh, or Islamic finance, now financial transactions and all assets involved, involved should be actually legitimate, should be halal. Mm -hmm. Now, of course, halal means permissible. Halal now, the accepted is, means permissible. Yeah. Okay, I think that's also important for, yes, for some of us who have heard the word halal, but you've never known what it means. Personally, I thought it means uh, correct or admissible, and, and now I'm, I'm very clear, thanks to you, that it means permissible. Yes, um, it means actually Islamic permissible. Mm -hmm. Now, halal, and then there's the opposite of halal, which is haram. Haram, haram which means, yeah, not permissible. Okay, okay. Thank you. Thank you for that. Yeah. Prohibited, yeah. Prohibited. Now, the accepted, yeah, the acceptable areas of investments uh, are defined in accordance with the provision and the principles of Sharia. Now, which includes uh, many sources. Now, most of the now is most of the investment have to be Islamically acceptable or halal. Mm -hmm. So the investments, the investments which are haram, which are not acceptable, which are prohibited, must be avoided at all times. Mm -hmm. So this is the key things of making an Islamic investment acceptable. Well, now, of course. Okay, okay, carry on. Yeah, so the prohibited investment activities, I want to touch on a few of them, mm -hmm. and uh, mostly people, most of it people know. It's like 
no, the conventional bank, mm-hmm. no, the conventional the finance, uh, conventional banks and insurance. Now, because depositing or uh, depositing with or borrowing money from a conventional bank where interest is involved makes uh, no, no sense to an Islamic investor. So mm-hmm. making financial investments in securities or exchanging currency also for a fixed return, uh, fixed uh, term, this is also uh, for us is considered as interest. So any interest-bearing institution we are not allowed to deal with is considered haram One. in the islamic uh, sharia law correct okay absolutely and also and also the traditional uh, or conventional insurance and reinsurance activities could you could you give us an example of what might make a typical islamic insurance in an islamic uh, adherent uh, insurance institution, like what are some of the ways they'd handle their policies, and perhaps you would compare that to what any other conventional insurance company is doing. Okay, now good question. Uh, now let's look. Uh, now let's look at uh, comparing the two uh, institutions. Mm-hmm. Now, an Islamic insurance is called takaful. Mm-hmm. Takaful. Yeah. We're learning yes. so many words today. Uh, I hope I hope our audience have a pen and paper. <laughs> Yes, 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 and yeah, and you know the meaning of takaful. Um, I, well, now that we mention, I think it has to do with insurance, but you'd have to educate me on that. Yes, the meaning of takaful actually, it's a type of, it's a, it's a system, I mean, based insurance. It's a mutual cooperation. Actually, it comes from the word Arabic, which means solidarity or mutual guarantee. Arabic means sol- solidarity or mutual guarantee. Yes, and, correct. And, and from this, we now stem the word takaful. Correct. Okay. So what makes a takaful uh, Islamic uh, um, insurance firm different from any other firm that is not that is haram uh, in uh, this perspective? Now, uh, the, 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 main, the main difference is, now, if you look at uh, an Islamic uh, and a conventional insurance, now, conventional insurance prints Let's say you have a car insurance. Mm-hmm. You pay your policy. You pay your policy premiums uh, every year. Now, let's say God forbid. You, now, let's say thanks God you don't have an accident. Mm-hmm. Now, there you lose. Uh, you, you don't know what happens to your premium. Next year you pay another premium, and then the other day you pay another policy premium. So you continue paying. You you continue you continue paying 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 without knowing what's happening. So at the end of the day, you are not gaining the insurance company's gaining. So do you know what happens to your money after that? No, you don't have disclosure to that. Mm. So you don't have access to the material or what they do. So let's take this example to the Islamic insurance, which is the takaful. Mm-hmm. Now you go to the Islamic insurance, you take a car policy. Now every year you pay a, a policy premium. Now by default, now, all clients of an Islamic insurance are shareholders of the Islamic insurance. So as a shareholder of a company, what do you get annually? So you mean you that evidence. if, sorry, um, you mean that if I own uh, an insurance policy with um, a Takaful insurance uh, uh, company, I, I become automatically a shareholder, even if maybe I'm, I'm not a shareholder in their stocks, I still get shareholding in the company? Yeah, you get actually you get shareholding in now. Uh, of course, uh, there's two funds. Eh? Mm-hmm. There's uh, in an Islamic 
in the Takaful uh, insurance, you have two funds. You have the shareholders fund mm -hmm. and you have the Takaful investment fund. Okay. Now you become a shareholder in the, in the Takaful investment fund. Mm -hmm. So technically, you receive dividends every uh, financial at year. At the end of the year, yes. Oh wow! So this, this can be five percent. Yeah, this can be five percent. This can be ten percent, depending on the on the surplus. Eh? Let me let me uh, just uh, on... get into that dividend. For example, uh, if we assume that the same company is also limited, is also listed, uh, could uh, mm -hmm. let's say, do we have insurance companies that are listed and maybe their shares are also available? Uh, the Islamic ones in mm -hmm. Kenya, I don't know. But out, uh, uh, but uh, yes, outside, yes. So let's say uh, one of those, there, okay? There's some Islamic. Mm -hmm. um, I just want to understand if it's the 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 company has people who are listed through the stock exchange and others who are shareholders by virtue of them being policyholders. When it comes to the dividend, I think one thing that I would definitely be willing to look at is. What's the difference in dividend uh, paid to this uh, arm of shareholders versus the other one? Uh, could you give some uh, insights into that, okay. perhaps for that for, for us to, to you know, to understand that there exist insurance companies that if you don't get an accident, at least you know uh, your money is also working for you in another way. In, you know, explain that. True. True. Uh, actually, um, the the two uh, the two shareholders uh, now. I remember I told you there's two funds mm -hmm. under the Islamic insurance. Now there's two funds, one which is the shareholders fund. Yes. And the other one, which is the full, uh, which is the investment fund. Yes. So now your policy, now depending on the agreement, uh, depending on the modality of the Takaful, whether it's, um, I can talk now, the structures of different uh, Islamic insurance. Now, if they, if they adhere to the, uh, Mudaraba, mm -hmm. which is the which is the the uh, management that uh, the capital uh, provider and the management uh, model. Mm -hmm. That means the two funds. Let's say Prince gives a hundred shillings. Uh, Prince gets a hundred shilling policy for the for his car. Okay. Now, as as per the Islamic takaful, now. 30% of that will go to the shareholders fund and 70% will go to the investment fund. Now, here, Prince, you will get your dividend based on what the investment fund is doing. Wow. That's so you'll get actually based. So, that, of course, because the shareholders started the company, started and they run, of course, they, they are also li liable to the company. Yeah, they've uh, taken a financial risky position. So, so there you are. They're rewarded 30%. Mm -hmm. And even 30% of that uh, includes uh, CapEx, OPEX, and running of the, of, the, of the insurance company. Okay. So that 70% goes to an investment fund. Now, you as Prince, you as the client, you become a shareholder of that fund. Mm -hmm. So what happens to Prince? Now, Prince goes a year without accident. Fine. That increases your no claim. You know, instead of increasing your no claim, it increases your dividends. Mm -hmm. So Prince actually gets uh, back, let's say, you, let's say you get 10% back, 10, 10% of your 100. So you get 10 bob back. I see. So in a conventional insurance, you won't get anything. Mm -hmm. So and also with that, sorry, just to finish, yes. with your 100 pins, you will have, actually you'll have access to the investments underlying the fund in the fund 
So they will be investing in permissible things, so which you actually can ask for disclosure. And they will be able to present you with what happens with the pool, you know, the pool of funds yeah. in the investment fund. Mm -hmm. So ladies and gentlemen, as you know, today we've really gone into the question on, of, you know, what makes an investment Islamically acceptable. And we've come to the concept of haram, which are the prohibitions in Islam. And uh, Ali, you were talking about some of the things that are not prohibited in, in Islamic banking and Islamic finance. And, you know, people definitely have had different things. There's some people who know perhaps maybe it's wrong to invest in pork. Even if you go to buy meat in a butchery, butchery <laughs> um, uh, you can see is haram, uh, halal. So perhaps you can go a bit deeper into this question of what are other prohibitions that, that exist in this uh, Islamic finance? True, uh, good one. We, we spoke about uh, conventional banks and, and conventional uh, uh, insurance and reinsurance. Mm -hmm. Now, one of, the, one, of the, one of the, I mean, investment activities that we are not allowed to or sectors, it's alcohol, the alcohol mm -hmm. uh, business. Mm -hmm. Now, of course, alcohol is not allowed in Islam. Now, we're talking about anything related uh, with alcohol now. Talking mm -hmm. about distilling, producing, selling, and marketing of alcohol beverages. So, we're also talking about you now another sector that is not that we're not allowed to invest is prohibited drugs. Now, gambling as well. We're not allowed to uh, buy hotels that have casinos, or we might buy a hotel that has casinos. And then we have to purify. That's an interesting, uh, that's an interesting one. Yes. So if a hotel has a casino, then it's not within mm -hmm. the basket of uh, viable investment goods for a person who adheres to this uh, framework. Um, now, actually, we, we can buy a hotel mm -hmm. now as long as, uh, as long as we segregate the income from the casino. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. to the income that is coming actually out of, out of the hotel business. Okay. Now, you remember we spoke about the financial uh, threshold mm -hmm. whereby we said non-permissible non -permissible income over total income should be less than 5%. Yes, now, I do recall from hotel, uh, our previous podcast. Okay, so let's say the hotel, now if I'm a Muslim and I'm, I know for sure gambling, even if it comes under other names such as lotto, sports, betting is... Uh, Etc. Oh, interesting. Just, just before, or... before, before you move on. So I think for most people, when they think of gambling, the word gambling, they, they associate it with casino. But now you mentioned even these uh, things that you might see on your TV says, you know, is this code coupon? That is also haram. Yes, sport pesa. I mean, I'm sorry, I'm not. Uh, I don't want to mention names, but I mean to say, uh, sports like, betting. You mean all this sport betting? Yes. Mm -hmm. Now, setting setting up a gambling place, even or renting buildings for that purpose. Now, here we come again. Now, I've bought a I've bought a, a hotel, and the hotel has a casino. Mm -hmm. So I'll make sure that their income out of the casino is five percent, and then gradually dilute that to zero percent. Now, as an Islamic investor, I will say I will buy the hotel, but I will not buy the gambling business. Okay. So you make sure that the gambling business is owned by somebody else. So I'm okay. only interested in the hotel business. Mm -hmm. So, okay, one of the, now, of course, we mentioned pork. Pork is yeah, not because, allowed. Uh, speaking now, of pork, sir, I, I imagine if the hotel yeah. is uh, serving 
pork on its menu, would it be a viable investment? Let's say even alcohol, alcohol mm -hmm. itself as well. So again, here we go to the purification. Now we look at the same industry. Now you remember we, we had the screening level. Now mm -hmm. the industry screening level, and then we had the, we had the non, what makes, uh, I mean, we have the industry screening and the uh, financial screening. Mm -hmm. By default, alcohol we're not allowed to touch, pork we're not allowed to touch. Now, if you look at the debt, I mean, to the market cap should be less than 30%. Now, the cash and cash equivalent should also, uh, over the total market cap or total assets, should be less than 30%. So, Ali, you were talking about some of the ratios or the minimum thresholds that, that need to be met. Could you please recap on that? Okay. Remember, when, you, when Islamic investors are investing, they look at two screenings. They look at the industry or business activity screening, mm -hmm. and also they look at the financial screening. Now, we talked about extensive on the industry screening, which includes uh, that we're not allowed to buy conventional banking insurance, alcohol, we're not allowed to buy pork-related products and non-compliant food production, gambling, mm -hmm. tobacco, uh, adult entertainment, weapons, arms, and some of the defense manufacturing companies because we don't know where the weapons go. So mm -hmm. all that is industry screening. Now, so the that's the one question, element. The side, is, the side, this side was industry screening. Yes. And now the other one that you mentioned was the Correct. financial screening. Fin yes, where you have the conventional debt okay. over the total asset. Yeah, over the total asset should be less than 30%. Mm -hmm. And also you have the non-permissible non income mm -hmm. yeah, mm -hmm. or interest income over total uh, income should be less than 5%. Okay. And then you have the cash and cash equivalent over mm -hmm. the total uh, assets should be less than 30% as well. Okay. And basically on the cash and cash equivalents, I remember in the previous uh, podcast, you mentioned it's basically to make sure that, you know, if you're having a lot of cash as a business, then probably you're not in dire need of financial support. You should be able to invest your cash in a productive engagement. Absolutely. Correct. And also, why, why, why would you go to the market to get more capital if you already have money in your cash account sitting and not doing anything? Mm -hmm. So, again, I will have to question... Uh, the validity of actually seeking out investments. Mm -hmm. So that's the financial screening side that, uh, uh, you know, people have to, to consider. Um, I think we've talked quite a bit on uh, these prohibitions. Are there other prohibitions that we've not covered uh, regarding this topic? No, uh, I mean, we, we've covered everything. We've covered even, I mean, once also need to know is, uh, I mean, Performing transactions, now one of the prohibitions that people actually take it lightly is actually performing transactions involving lack of knowledge, excessive risk, and uh, excessive and risk and interest. So if you know a transaction has a component of interest, mm -hmm. even though the underlying assets are okay, uh, they look good, they're permissible, yeah, then they do not cover the spectrum of uh, traditional in, uh, conventional insurance, conventional banking, alcohol, pork, whatever, but mm -hmm. the transaction is well, but you cannot, in, I mean, you cannot do a transaction without proper due diligence. This is what I'm saying. This is also not allowed in Islam. So you have to know the market before you enter the market. Mm -hmm. 
so you have yeah so due diligence is a must and uh, that means that anyone who is investing should actually take their time not just surrender this objective to third party brokers um they can can that work by the way if 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 i want to invest and my broker is doing all the analysis the due diligence all i make is the payment would that be halal or haram no, there's nothing, there's nothing halal and haram. By the way, using the word halal and haram in Islam, it's a very big notion, actually. It's, oh. um, yeah, true. And uh, for you to be, for you to be, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm saying for, for things to be not permissible and non-permissible. It's a very there's clear a, distinction. There's a, there's a clear, it's black and white. But so of course, there's a clear I asked for the sake of someone who might uh, want to figure out which category that, transaction might might fall okay now i'll consider you okay let's say your your broker or your advisor mm-hmm. now if you have a, if you if you have an agreement with your advisor and you trust your advisor and the engagement between you and your advisor is that purely that he does the due diligence from a tax perspective from a legal from a financial and you trust him mm-hmm. now if he gives you the go ahead to invest you mm-hmm. invest now whether now whether you're gonna blame him for let's say if something happens to the transaction now it's of of course now in Islam there's such a kind of transaction but everyone is governed towards what they're capable of now mm-hmm. you remember I talked about the mudaraba yes, the, the mudaraba, mudaraba aspect there's the capital provider and also there's the manager of the capital now the entrepreneur let's say the entrepreneurs have found a very interesting investment opportunity in an it company you mentioned so they'll go to the capital provider they'll ask for 100 shillings to invest into the um, it company now mm-hmm. here profits are shared between the entrepreneur in, in islamic finance profits are shared between the entrepreneur and the financial capital provider losses mm-hmm. yeah losses are bared by the uh, capital provider which is the financier so in, in now in terms of gross negligence and misconduct of the manager mm-hmm. or the entrepreneur not knowing the it business mm-hmm. not knowing um, misappropriation of funds whatever mm-hmm. now of course he'll have to cover the losses as well interesting so here we see that the losses are covered by the capital provider as long as the entrepreneur was uh, performing his due diligence doing everything right maybe perhaps the covid 19 pandemic has caused someone to collapse and they had a loan what would happen in that situation if you are doing everything right but then the covid 19 has reduced your cash flows or your earnings with with a with an islamic uh, loan how would that situation play out Look, uh, COVID COVID nineteen is um, something. Look, it is uh, we consider every disease or every uh, uh, pandemic or every cal- natural calamity mm-hmm. is covered un- under the contract of the under the force majeure uh, uh, clause. So what happens is is by default, eh? anything mm-hmm. that is godly or anything that is not uh, man anything that is not related to uh, man. Um, human so more mistake. natural events. A more natural event. This is the losses are covered by the uh, financier, the capital provider. Okay, interesting. Well, yeah. that's definitely yeah. something uh, that entrepreneurs might need to know as they think of the next place to source their financing. Can I give you another example? 
Yes, please go ahead. In terms of uh, in terms of Islamic banking in the mortgage, uh, mm -hmm. now if you if you want to see, I mean, the difference between uh, an Islamic mortgage and a conventional mortgage. I mean, even though I would like to dedicate a whole podcast for this. Definitely. Now, I think when at, we're discussing uh, financial products, our audience might really need a good time so that if they want to invest or not invest, they have very good uh, information backing up this position. True. Now, I mean, if you, if you look at the difference between Islamic finance mortgage and conventional uh, mortgage, mm -hmm. it's, uh, it's, it's very easy. Now, a conventional mortgage is a loan of money on which interest is charged. It constitutes a cash loan advanced by a bank or mortgage agency to, a fi to finance the property, correct? Yes, that's correct. So the home buyer agrees to repay the principal in addition to making an interest payment, while yes. non-payment of either, um, I mean, while non-payment non of either entitles the bank to seize the title. So yes. if you default, if you can't pay, the bank takes the money. So some money today for the money tomorrow. This is actually, so here, the lend in conventional banking, in conventional mortgages, the lender takes no equity position in the property. The lender provides no services, correct? Yes, so basically they provide the financing so, and then they just expect their payments from you regardless of uh, many um, intricate details. Okay. Now, opposite to that, you have the Islamic, uh, you have the Islamic uh, from, uh, insurance. Mm -hmm. No, Islamic uh, mortgage. Loan. Now, the Islamic mortgage here, yeah, no, no, it's not a loan. Now, it's the a mortgage. mortgage here. Mm -hmm. yes. So, the Islamic mortgage is actually the bank becomes an equity partner. The bank owns a, a section of, uh, I mean, the, the bank owns a section of the property title. So you gradually buy the shares of the bank in the property. Interesting. So the property yeah. that is built with this money that was provided belongs to you and the bank, and then slowly you um, you buy yourself out if you wish. Correct. Okay. And so what happens in that situation um, if someone had uh, taken a mortgage, an Islamic mortgage, uh, constructed some apartments in Kileleshwa, and then COVID-19 comes and you are hoping to open in May and the, the, the payments don't come as on time. What will be the agreement between you and the Islamic mortgage provider? There's always a grace period. In Islamic banking, uh, Islamic mortgages, there's, a, I mean, there's always a, a, a grace period. Is it fixed or, or it depends on your loan or your negotiation? No. It, no, it's uh, the grace period is fixed. Now, mm -hmm. one thing you have to understand, the key difference between a conventional mortgage and an Islamic home financing is that the conventional mortgage involves the loan of a cash on interest, where an Islamic home financing is strictly the exchange of assets, mm -hmm. of an asset. So mm -hmm. each, uh, I mean, each of the above transactions on uh, an asset, actually, it involves the two, the bank and the client. So here, ultimately, the bank must own the asset first to for it to be able to gradually transfer each share or each allocation of the assets to the client mm -hmm. so yeah okay interesting um so today actually we've seen what are the differences with uh islamic insurance conventional insurance now you've even talked about mortgages 
And generally, the, the topic that we've been covering is, you know, what makes uh, something, an investment, as Islamically acceptable. And do you have any other um, prohibitions that you may want to discuss? Or perhaps if uh, for the next episode, you might tell us what you're planning to cover then. Uh, yes, I mean, we can talk about a lot of, um, I mean, we can talk about uh, the corporate governance as well. Uh, mm -hmm. of the Islamic banking, we we can talk about. Um, I mean, sorry about that. So we can actually talk about the main functions of uh, an Islamic commercial Islamic commercial bank. Mm -hmm. We can also talk about uh, the operational structures of an Islamic bank. We can also uh, talk about how does the governance structure of an Islamic bank looks like. Looks like also. To give it a local context, uh, we'll talk about what are the challenges of Islamic banking in Kenya, especially with topics on Sharia compliance, uh, accountability, emerging market issues, uh, compatibility with local uh, laws and regulations, including central bank. Yeah, and also mm -hmm. we'll touch also on the corporate governance issues in Kenya. And lastly, we can talk about what is the future of Islamic banking. Yeah, definitely as we begin a new decade, that's definitely something that we would be looking at, especially for sub-Saharan Africa. And you know, today, given that we've talked a lot about the financial instruments and financial products in Islamic banking, we definitely would need to do this topic some justice by also talking about the secondary market for, for Islamic instruments, don't you think? Correct. Absolutely. Uh, I'll be happy to talk about the, the, the products and the details and the structures and uh, the semantics of the products. Okay, awesome. And so, well, I think this conversation was very, very insightful. We've gone into very intricate details of some of the products in Islamic finance, and we are still asking the audience, keep sending us your questions and we'll keep tackling the issues that you raise. Um, Mr. Ali, as always, we are very, very thankful to have you and the good insight that you're providing in this in this um, topic. Thank you so much, uh, Prince, and I look forward to the next one. Okay, okay, very well. Uh, as as usual, folks, you can get in touch with Ali Mohammed at ABM officially, and you can also reach me on Twitter at Prince underscore Muraguri. Keep keep engaging with us. Stay safe. Stay safe. Stay positive, and. Uh, See you in the next podcast. Thank you. Ali, goodbye. Have a good one. Thank you.